Cider Box is a subscription box that delivers hard-to-find American ciders, and listeners of XX Will Travel can receive free shipping on their first order by using the code XXWillTravel. This applies to the Try Box option, too. So go to ciderbox.com to find out more. C-I-D-R-B-O-X.com. And this is Kathy. And together we are XX Will Travel. And today we have a very special guest with us, all the way from Columbus, Ohio, via Portland, Oregon, <laughs> originating from Chicago, Illinois for a bit, Meryl Williams. Yay. Hi, Meryl. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank, Thank you for coming. Yes. And we are going to talk to her about road trips. And how to make them spectacular, or at least effective. Uh, But before we start on road trips, let me tell you a little bit about Meryl. So Meryl Williams is a writer based now in Columbus, Ohio. She's documenting her experiences playing roller derby via her tiny letter called The Sleeper Hit. And she also has a podcast called The Sleeper Hit, which is all about underrated things that people love and is basically a blast. What? Lady yeah. Podcast Mafia yeah. <laughs> in my closet. Yes. This is how and where the revolution begins. <laughs> in Kathy's closet. <laughs> so thanks, Meryl, for, for being here. And I think the reason we wanted to talk to Meryl about road trips is because you seem to have done a ton of them, especially <laughs> not just road trips for fun, but you seem to like moving across the country. Yes. On a by by yearly basis. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is true. I have driven across the country for various reasons, uh, three years, in, I'm sorry, three times in the last six years. Whoa, okay, damn. So tell us a little bit about what road trips you've taken. Okay, yeah. Uh, so six years ago, I helped a friend move from Columbus, Ohio to San Diego, and we took I-70 the entire way, and Ooh. that was a super fun one because it was me, my friend, and our other friend, so it was like three women in a van with a bunch of stuff, and it was a blast. We had a great time. Um, and the second one I did was to move myself from Chicago to Portland, and that was just in my car and all the stuff that I could fit with my dad, and my dad was a very... Very good sport about moving me <laughs> very far away. Um, and that one, we took Route 90 between mm. those two cities. Wow. Yeah. And then on the way back, uh, because I was only in Portland for about a year and a half, um, to go back to Columbus, Ohio, where I was before Chicago, uh, we took I-80. And that was just uh, here most recently in October. Wow. Yep. So this time, did you do it yourself, or was it with your dad as well? Oh, right, yes. He was also, this was kind of different, because he, um, I had originally thought, like, okay, I don't want to get rid of all my stuff, so I'm going to rent a giant moving truck and tow my car behind it. Wow. Yes. That is ambitious. It really was, and it was ill-advised, and so I was, like, <laughs> telling my dad on the phone about this plan at some point around, like, I don't know, September, and he was like, okay. And then he called me back like two hours later and was like, can I just fly to Portland and drive your truck for you and you can drive your car? And I was like, that sounds so much better. Yeah, so let's please go with that plan. So, so yeah, we drove two separate vehicles back across the country. So we each had to drive the entire way that time. Oh, man. Yeah, but it was worth it. I'm glad that we did it that way. 
Shout out to Meryl's dad for being Uber dad. Right? <laughs> I wish that CB radios were still around. So. We joked about that. Yeah. Breaker, breaker. Right. <laughs> yeah, we mostly just called each other a whole bunch. So. Oh, another way cell phones ruin our lives. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so for these really long extended road trips, what did you do to prepare? Um, I guess it kind of depends. Uh, with the one with my friends, we I had never gone across the country before, and I didn't really know, know what to expect. But luckily, the two of them were more experienced at that point than I was. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they did a lot of good planning, and they kind of helped shape my future road trips, where they were like, we're going to get some really good snacks. We're going to actually stop and take stretching breaks. Um, and we they had a lot of really good podcasts, and that was in, like, 2010, so I was very proud of them for being, yeah, we let's do a lot of this American life, basically. Yeah, because <laughs> that was pretty much it in 2010. Yeah, it was like, here's a lot of NPR stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, and that one was super fun because we, have you guys ever seen this video series of this guy named Matt something, and it's called Where the Hell is Matt? And he does, like, this silly dance in all these different cities all across the globe. No. Oh, I feel like this would be up your alley. Yes. Yeah. We might, yeah, maybe I'll, like, need to share a video of this. Um, but, yeah, so it's this guy who does, like, all these silly dances. And it's just, like, really quick clips of him dancing with all these different people across the globe. And it's kind of beautiful. It makes me cry every time because it's just, like... They all, they don't speak the same language, but they're all dancing the same dance together. <laughs> they speak the universal language of dance. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. And so on our first trip to move my friend to San Diego, we all stopped and did this silly dance together across the way. And then we made a video montage of it after the fact. Aww. <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely lots of good snacks, lots of good podcasts, and a sense of fun. <laughs> Uh, Kathy, when you took road trips as a little girl, your mom made you stretch too, right? Oh, yeah. We used to drive every Christmas, like every holiday, we'd drive from South Carolina to Minnesota, which is a 24-hour trip, which my dad, and we had a a Ford LTD sedan, like no minivans, no DVD players, (laughs) just us and me and my books and my little brother and his Ninja Turtles um, (laughs) and my older brother and whatever he was into. Um, so my dad would invariably try to drive it straight through because God forbid, God forbid we, it was a competition of him against himself (laughs) (laughs) and he didn't like to pay for hotels. So at like two in the morning, he'd pull over to sleep at truck stops and my mom would be like, come on kids, we're going to go to jumping jacks. (gasps) So it'd be me and my brothers playing tag and doing jumping jacks until my dad felt awake enough to continue the trip. Wow. Yeah. Good for your mom. Yeah. She was a big one on snacks, too. She had some great snacks. And also on on secret presents, on surprises. Maybe we should all do this on our road trips. Like, yeah. oh, you've been good for two hours. Here you go. So, And <laughs> they would always genius. be wrapped. Yeah. It was nice. Yeah. You've mentioned snacks. One of my favorite Topics in the world. Are there any particular snacks that you suggest for long road trips? The official Polkerbeck family road trip snack is um, combos. Yes. Classic crackers and cheddar cheese. Or, if you're feeling spicy, pizza flavored and pretzel. Those are the two best. (laughs) Yeah. That is exactly Uh what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. They started making sweet combos, and I'm like, 
That's why you have Twizzlers, you idiot. <laughs> Which leads me to point number two, Twizzlers. Uh, solid choices. Yes. What about you, Meryl? Um, I am a big fan of the Trader Joe variety mm. of snacks. <laughs> so I buy, yeah, I, oh my gosh, I have done this probably for all of the road trips that I've done. There's these, because I, I don't know, I want to try to eat slightly healthy, mm-hmm. because otherwise I'll just feel like crap the entire time that I'm in the car. And so I'm big on nuts and dried fruit, but Trader Joe's has these, like, dried apricot slices. Yes! <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> They're so good. And yeah. they have, like, the little individual, like, trail mixes and stuff like that and tiny yes. little packets, which are always fun. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would just, I don't know, if you're going to go drive across the country, stock up at Trader Joe's first. Right. Agreed. <laughs> agreed. I always overstock when I'm at Trader Joe's, though. I'm yeah. like, there's no way I'm going to possibly eat it, eat the, you know, this. Still buying it. Yep. Definitely. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So nuts, your granola, and mm-hmm. your combos. Yes. <laughs> three food groups of... <laughs> oh, yeah. That's all you need. Uh, road trips. <laughs> One of the things that uh, you also mentioned was this idea that you were accompanied by This American Life. Now, some would argue that Ira Glass's voice <laughs> would lull you into sleep. <laughs> But it seemed to keep you going. Are yeah. there other methods you have to keep your energy up and mostly to stay sane while driving? Yeah. So this is something that my dad and I probably differ on, but I am a big believer in stopping. Yes. <laughs> oh, dads don't stop. Dads do not <laughs> stop. Yeah, that is definitely true. Yeah, no, he will drive until it's either dark or he is about to pass out. Yeah. And I am like, nope, I'm going to drive for maybe an hour and a half, two hours, and then stop and get some coffee and just walk around the McDonald's. I don't care. I got to have, like, some kind of break. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, definitely a big fan of breaks and lots of caffeine. But also, I am a believer in the 10-minute power nap. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Where I just, it, it, and it took me until I was probably in my late 20s to finally accept this. But, like, if you are feeling tired while you're driving, you need to listen to your body and just accept that. And so, yeah, I just will pull over at a rest stop and just set my phone alarm for, like, 10 or 12 minutes and take a quick nap. It feel a million times better. It makes all the difference in the world, so... Yeah, I saw probably a 2020 or a dateline (laughs) about a million years ago, but indicating that the effects of, you know, the effects of drunk driving are very similar to that of driving while lacking sleep or vice versa, if you want to put it that way. Sure. Either way, I mean, it can actually get really dangerous if you don't take some sort of nap or if... You haven't slept in a while, so... That makes sense. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and it it can kind of, like, sneak up on you, too, where you don't even realize how tired you are. They're like, Mm -hmm. ah, crap. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) So let's talk more about sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this is fascinating to me because I do not know how to drive, so I, I am in uncharted territories. But I have taken some road trips with friends, and usually we end up in some seedy motel the night, you know, for a night if if it's more than a 12-hour drive. And I have a certain fondness for them in the sense that when I wake up and I'm still alive, I consider it a success. <laughs> but is are there specific places you go to to sleep if you need to? I mean, for, in terms of sleeping for a whole night, not just a 10-minute power, 10, 10 power nap. Right. So, I mean, ideally, if you can stay with friends, then yeah, you should definitely do that. But if you can't... Um, I used to work 
for a couple of different hotels. So I'm very partial oh. to oh. companies. <laughs> you know the secrets. No, I wouldn't even say that. I would just say like, these companies are gross, maybe, and these companies are less gross. Oh, <laughs> can you give us any specifics? Yeah, uh, I would. I will gladly speak about the the good ones oh. and maybe offer to tell you about the bad ones. Um, yes. But yeah, I used to work at a Hampton Inn, and Hampton Inn is definitely yeah that is my go to chain. But they are obviously a little bit more expensive. So mm-hmm. yeah, if you have AAA. And yeah, I mean, you should have AAA if you're going to go on a road trip anyway, because you never know what's going to happen with your car. Yeah. But yeah, you can get um, better deals with lodging that way. Hmm. Good deal. Yeah. I'm a fan of the Double Tree. Oh, yeah, they're good too. I also, like on the, the pricier end of a budget hotel, but right. sometimes worth it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm both times traveling with my dad, we had pretty good luck in just showing up and we didn't make reservations or anything like that. Wow, that's unheard of. In this day and age. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe we were not smart to do that. I don't know. That might not be my best tip. Just show up. Yeah. Yeah, yes and no. Like, I think that that's valid. Going back to my childhood road trip days, <laughs> my father decided to stop in Indianapolis unaware that the Indy 500 was going on. Oh, so yeah. that, that would not work out. No, I guess it depends <laughs> on what's going on. But you show up in the middle of the night at a hotel, I'd imagine you'd have some leverage, like some bargaining power, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Something to think about. Yeah, I think the only time that we ran into that to like a certain extent was when we, we stopped in uh, Deadwood, which was a super cool city to see or, you know, not city, just like very tiny town and yeah there was an event going on. i forgot about this but we were still like you know the first place was booked the second place was fine they had like a recommendation for us but we were like kind of stupidly surprised we're like what (laughs) immediately a space for us (laughs) yeah have you ever tried other options like camping or going to these rv parks right you know so we were not a super outdoorsy family so we didn't really we would go camping sometimes in the summers but we never did camping while traveling but i would definitely be open to that i when i lived in portland when I first moved to Portland, I was not an outdoorsy person, but by nature of being in the Pacific Northwest for a year, I came back being like, yeah, camping is the best. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm definitely like a convert. So I would try it, yeah. but yeah, it just didn't really work out this time on the way back. It's the Portland effect. It's, you become a camper and you grow a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> Barrels is amazing. <laughs> very luxurious. Yeah. I like the handlebar thing you did today. Yeah. <laughs> they don't let you out of Portland if you don't have one. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah. so part of the appeal of the road trip, or at least for me, is the idea that you can maybe stop at the world's largest corn maze or (laughs) some sort of kitschy Americana sideshow attraction. (laughs) Have you guys ever been to those? And if so, how did you find them? (laughs) I went on a road trip this summer from, I flew into Nashville. I met my friend. We drove from Nashville to Gatlinburg, which I'm really glad we did now that Gatlinburg is incinerated oh right um and then to Asheville North Carolina also very mustachy (laughs) beardy and between Asheville and um Nashville 
There's a town called Chestnut Hill, Tennessee, home of the Bush Bean Factory and Museum. Yes. <laughs> so we're like, well, we have to go. Like, it's Bush's beans. Who doesn't love beans and who doesn't want to learn more about them? So we stopped. It was a house and a store. You watched a movie about the history of Bush's beans. And how they were made, because the factory is right across the road. It was gorgeous. Well, not the factory. But the rolling green hills were amazing. And then there's a restaurant attached. I wanted to go for lunch, but then I was really turned off by the fact that they only had, like, one bean dish. What? I'm like, if I'm going to the Bean Museum restaurant, I want to eat, like, a meal of beans. Yeah. So, yes, you want your black beans, your pinto beans, your navy beans, right? <laughs> your chickpeas. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You Ugh. guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's so crazy. that that is the most recent one that I have encountered. That's a letdown. <laughs> it, it ended on a bad note, but I would highly recommend it and buying some beans. For the road, for a snack. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the closest that I can think of is that uh, there's a stop along I-90. Oh, crap. I'm so bad at geography. It's either in North Dakota or South Dakota. I need to look this up. But it's Waldrug. Have you oh, guys heard about this? Yeah, that's South Dakota. Thank you. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. I haven't heard about it. What is it? Oh, my gosh. This is like giant general store in the middle of nowhere oh. in Wall, South Dakota. Yeah, but and... like on the way to Mount Rushmore? Yes. Kind of? Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's like a kitschy store but it's like the only thing there is you gotta have to go and you see signs for it for miles like a hundred miles outside of this area it's like coming soon in 59 miles Waldrug (laughs) and they're kind of ominous like I don't know what this Waldrug place is but people are talking about it right (laughs) and you feel compelled to go (laughs) yes you have to go and I bet if you went back through your memories Inez of every car you've ever seen on the road in traffic, there would be some with wall drugs bumper stickers. Okay. Oh, yeah. Dang it, I missed my opportunity. You missed it. You have to go back. This episode is sponsored by Ciderbox. What's Ciderbox? Ciderbox is a subscription service. They deliver hard-to-find American fine cider right to your door. Each month, they spotlight a single maker, they visit them at their orchard, they learn about how they make cider, and then they ship the bottles directly to your home. You can pick the size that works for you. Three bottles, a half case of six bottles, or a full case of 12 bottles. Now, Inez and I are both single ladies, so you'd think we'd pick the three. But let's be realistic. We need the 12. Right? Each bottle is 750 milliliters, which, in case you didn't know, is a full-size wine bottle. And the cool thing is that most of these ciders cannot be found outside their region. So if you want to learn more about cider and how Ciderbox can make your life better, <laughs> go to ciderbox.com. Note, there's no E in cider, just sparkly, fruity goodness. C-I-D-R-B-O-X dot com. Uh, but it's funny that you mentioned Mount Rushmore because that was where we also went on that trip after that. And I got to say, as far as uh, side attractions, I would say that one might be overrated. What? Mm-hmm. I'm jealous. Tell us, explain more. I'm yes. jealous that you went. <laughs> yeah, so we went, even though it was a little bit out of our way, because it's not right off of I-90. You have to go, you know, onto mm-hmm. this, like, side road. Um, and part of it, I have to admit, part of my experience was marred by the fact that I got car sick. 
Oh. Uh, yeah, my dad was driving, and it was like this very twisty, windy way to get to Mount Rushmore. And I was just like, man, I'm not really feeling this route. Kind of regretting going out of my <laughs> way. But then once you get there, you pay like 12 bucks to park in like this giant parking lot. And then you walk up. And Mount Rushmore is there, but it's so much further off in the distance than you expect it to be. Because when oh. you see like pictures and postcards, it's like, bam, giant faces yeah. and the stone. But you can't really get that close. So, yeah, we just kind of like my dad and I, at least we like agreed on this. We like walked up and we're like, all right, there it is. And we walked right up back to the car. <laughs> well, you did your patriotic duty. That's yeah. true. Of seeing president's faces <laughs> did, did from you, far away. Did you even see any buffalo? No. Are, are buffalo especially prevalent in that area? Yes. Oh. Like, um, my parents went to Mount Rushmore recently, which is why how I knew about Waldrug in South Dakota. <laughs> and they went to some buffalo park where you drive your car through... I don't know if it's herd herds of buffalo or what, sure. but like close enough to touch buffalo. Wow! Yeah, wow. which would also also sounds like a cool ass side attraction. Yeah, I um, would do that. Yeah. <laughs> How about the best scenic drives you've had? Oh, yeah, definitely. I was really surprised by how pretty southern Utah is because I had never. That was on like my first trip when we took along uh, I seventy. And I just had never been out west before, and I was just really, really blown away by how gorgeous it is. Just yeah. rock formations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just stuff like that. That Oh, and also the Badlands. That was along I-90 again. And that was just, that really felt like you're on a different planet. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. So I think I'm just really into rock formations, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> we're Midwestern ladies. Yeah. I mean, everything's so flat here. <laughs> like, you put a hill and we're like, whoa. <laughs> All I know about the Badlands, I learned from The Bachelor, Farmer Christmas Season. Oh, when I heard take... about that. <laughs> that sounded so rough. Yeah, they took two of the ladies on a one-on-one date, which is basically a fight to the death for the bachelor's <laughs> rose and it was in the badlands they flew them over in a helicopter inevitably the two ladies he chose on this date were also the ladies that insisted on going to the badlands in high heels and chanel scarves oh, of course. miserable and then one no they were both they were both abandoned in the middle of the badlands as farmer chris realized that these were not the salt <laughs> salt of the earth <laughs> heartland women that he needed for his uh, little tiny town back home. Wow. That is a hell of a litmus test. That, <laughs> that's harsh, Farmer Chris. <laughs> but it did look otherworldly. Because a yeah. part of me kept thinking as I saw this episode that the ladies of that season got the shaft. Instead of going to these exotic locations, they were going to New Mexico and, you know, just... The Dakotas and things like that. But the Badlands actually looked amazing. Yeah. 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 I think my favorite drive, Tennessee is really pretty. To get from Gatlinburg to Asheville, you have to drive through a forest. So that's also very pretty. It's the same if you drive from, um, where is it? Uh, Where'd we go? Portland to Tillamook, Oregon. Oh, yeah. Where you drive through the Tillamook Forest. That is gorgeous. That is beautiful. Um, and then another good one is the Sea to Sky Highway from Vancouver to Whistler, where you're driving up um, to the mountains. So you have mountains on one side and then the ocean on the other side. Oh, That's oh. also wow. pretty amazing. That was a road trip 
for that was a champion road trip like (laughs) I had like three days in Vancouver and my friend Alexis was finishing her master's degree and had like a million other things to do and she goes I'm gonna drive you to Whistler and I said I was like no you don't have to drive me to Whistler and she goes the Olympics were there you need to see it so we drove like an hour and a half we spent an hour there where we took there are these gondolas they're called the peak to peak gondolas where they go from one peak to another peak we had poutine, we turned around, and we went home. <laughs> that is so many awesome things. So yes. many awesome things. <laughs> and then I think she finished her paper, and we went to a barbecue. It was jam-packed. Like, oh, wow. wow. God bless good hosts, man. Yeah. <laughs> that is a good sport right there. Yeah. yeah. I would really love to go to Vancouver. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Put it on your list. list. All right. It's yeah. one of my favorite cities. It's where I... I would most likely decamp if if stuff gets bad and unfixable <laughs> here. That's where you're going to find me. <laughs> I can't believe Kathy is rejecting my offer to come live with me in Peru. <laughs> I would go there too. Okay, good. What did you say? Citizenship in six months? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Done. Well, residency, but we don't care. It's fine. <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> we don't. I asked my dad about immigration laws in Peru. And he's like, you just literally need to rent out a place for six months and then you're a resident. I'm like, that's it? He's like, that is it. And it was, we're a welcoming people. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> so that's our little tidbit for you, listeners. <laughs> um, I, most of my road trip scenarios have always been one in a bus. And maybe this is a philosophical question. Does a bus count as a road trip? Yeah. Must you drive? No. No, I love riding on buses. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yes. So, during my teenage years in Argentina, the school I was in would have a yearly trip for every grade. And because Argentina is a huge country, this usually meant 17 to an 18 hour bus rides from Buenos Aires to wherever we were going on that particular year. This is the kind of thing you can only endure when you're 15 and have boundless energy. And the idea of being with your friends on a bus is just, yeah, just like the most fun in the world. And and good squishy vertebrae. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Most of the time was spent just Singing out loud to songs on the radio nonstop, which I'm sure delighted our teachers and the poor bus drivers, <laughs> and playing things like, what do you call it, the coot, the... The cootie catchers? Is that oh, what it oh, is? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The foldy things. The yes. foldy things to see who we would marry and if we would live in a house or an apartment or a shack. I think those were the options. But there was one terrible road trip we had where the bus kept breaking down, and it was from Buenos Aires to, Iwas- to Iwasu Falls, which is on the Brazil-Argentina border. And it broke down several times. Just over and over again. So it was going to be like an 18-hour bus drive ended up being a 36-hour one. Oh, no. And this is the freakiest thing. We stuck, like, at one point we broke down near a tiny town, and while they were getting the bus repaired, um, you know, we just kind of hung out in this town for several hours and then left. About a month later, there was a huge airplane accident in Argentina, and most of the people in the plane were from that tiny town that had chartered it. So we were basically the angels of death for that tiny town. Oh, my god! It was so freaky. So freaky. Wow. So 
That's it. <laughs> That's my experience. And Argentina is beautiful, but most of the landscape is just pampas. It's like being in the Midwest. It's just a lot of flat land. Cows. So, cows, yeah, things like that. Yeah. So have you guys had any black mirror scenarios while on road trips? <laughs> kind of. It's weird that you mentioned that, but like when like we haven't traveled very much internationally as a family, but we did go to Quebec when like it was one summer, I think. Mm-hmm. And like two weeks after we were there, because they have this this tram that goes up the mountain in Quebec from like the lower city to the upper city. Uh-huh. Um, I forget what it's called, but that tram like crashed like oh. not long after we were there. <laughs> yeah, and it just felt very strange. We're like, that's creepy. That could have been us. Yeah. It's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. There was also one of the, yeah, the other time that we traveled internationally was very close to, but I think it was right before the London bombing or right after. One of those, yeah. Like the the subway bombing in London. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. (laughs) Yeah. I haven't, knock on wood, I haven't had any myself, but my my brother was on the Indonesian island of Sumatra, like, days before the whole island was evacuated due to a volcano. Like, I'd text him and be like, so where are ya? (laughs) (laughs) How's it going? Uh, well, you had one of those recently. Oh, in was, Costa Rica. Yeah, but you were there. I was. <sighs> this will this will be explained in detail on a later episode. But I was in Costa Rica uh, for its first hurricane in recorded history. Ooh. They had a tropical storm in 1881, and that's been it. Wow. So stay tuned for that. I I am just bad luck. <laughs> you do not want me going to your. Stay home. <laughs> to your <laughs> tiny town or to your country. <laughs> um, has, has there been anything less freaky but maybe just annoying, like car breakdowns and how you dealt with them? Yeah, I've been really lucky in that regard, so I have not. But I'm also, I'm really, really paranoid about stuff like that. So I've, before any of these road trips, I've always taken my car in to get, like, a very fine tune-up to make sure that nothing disastrous happens. Yeah. Although I think about it at least, like, eight times on the road. I'm just like, eh, maybe my car's going to die in, like, two miles here. I don't know. How can you not, though? Yeah. That's a thing, especially when they're like, you're a woman. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> on the side of the road. <laughs> Stranded. I yeah. know. I-, I have been lucky in that regard as well. So, yeah. yeah. Have you guys dealt a lot with the the reaction of what's a dame like you doing in this highway stop? <laughs> <laughs> That's how people talk. Um, <laughs> no, but have you ever had that reaction in terms of these cross country trips? I guess you were with your dad, so maybe that. Right, that has to be a big, it. of course. Yeah. yeah, I do wonder, like when it was me and my two other girlfriends. I don't feel like we interacted with a lot of. No, I think when you're with another person, you're just kind of in your own bubble. Yeah, right, for sure. I know that I got a lot of that when I told people in Ohio that I was moving to Chicago when I was in my early 20s. Yeah. They were like, alone? I was like, oh, yeah. 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 So what are some of your dream road trips for the future. Yeah. Well, I mean, what Kathy was talking about going down south, I'm very, very envious of that. I want to know what route you guys took because that sounds yeah. so great. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. I don't I don't remember. I was 
The last time we did that, I was 12. Oh, so okay. Yeah. Didn't really pay attention. Sure. Yeah. Um, read the driving. Sweet Valley Twins books, you know? <laughs> yeah. Babysitter's Club. My dream road trip. What is it? Probably Route 66. Yeah. Which I'm surprised you haven't taken Merrill. <laughs> That's true. It, that is definitely a lost opportunity. I've only been on, like, part of it. That was in, like, the Flagstaff area of Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, it originates in Chicago right by the Art Institute, so... Mm-hmm. It'd be pretty easy to pick it up. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to do the one up the California coast. Oh, that seems really the Pacific pretty. Coast Highway. Yeah. Yes. And then I've also always wanted to kind of recreate a Che Guevara's route in the Motorcycle Diaries. Mm-hmm. Just because I think it's... Yeah, just fascinating. It kind of cuts all across South America too, so that would be fun. But this is, this is you know, in an alternate reality where I actually learn how to drive, and I have no plans of doing that. <laughs> <laughs> hypothetically, so, yeah. <laughs> but hypothetically, yeah. Um, so, what is it about road trips that you like, as opposed to other forms of traveling? I really enjoy road trips because I've lived in cities where I don't drive a lot. And so driving still kind of feels like a novelty. And so I really do kind of look forward to like a really long drive. I feel like I get a lot of good thinking done and it's just a a good time to kind of focus and reassess, especially because a lot of my road trips were during points of my life where I was changing a lot of things. Um, So it's just a great... I don't know, it's very introspective, I guess, for me. But then also there's really good snacks and music. So yeah. <laughs> a little bit yeah. of everything. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you about how when you don't drive a lot, driving is fun. Like, <laughs> if I had to commute to work an hour every day in my car, I would be like, forget it. Why am I going to drive in my free time? But when you don't drive, <laughs> it's like, ooh, I have this machine that can take me anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yes, I agree. And I like the, you're on your own schedule, too. And depending on who you're traveling with, if you're not traveling with your dad, you can stop as much as you want. Um, And there's not the waiting, like, of a flight. Like, there's no just wasting of time waiting to get on your way. So I appreciate that about road trips, too. Yeah, I have to say, when I moved from New York to Chicago, we drove the 12 hours it took us, um, you know, from one city to the next. And we stopped in Youngstown, Ohio for the night. And it was nice. Yes. <laughs> My experience of Youngstown, Ohio is a motel next to a cemetery that we had to cross to get to the closest restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds accurate. <laughs> and that is the actual description and pickup line I used when I met a cute guy from Youngstown, Ohio. It was successful. So. I love it. <laughs> That's my tidbit to to ladies and men who who want to meet up, hook up with a Youngstown, Ohio dude. A Youngstownian? A Youngstownian, yes. Uh, But I did like the pause that it gave you from one life event to the next. You know, that idea. Because with a flight, it just seems like the change would be automatic and you can't really wrap your head around the fact that you now live somewhere else. Yeah. Um, or it takes a while. Well, having that those like twelve hours to really let it sink in was was nice, and not usually how I moved. So, yeah, it was good good times. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I like yeah. that. So, if you are on a road trip with friends or with a group, and you're the driver, 
What are some, what are good tips for being a good driver? Not in the technical sense, you know, follow the laws, <laughs> yeah. but I guess of, of being the one in charge. <laughs> well, I think that the, it's definitely an unwritten rule that whoever the driver is gets to pick what you listen to. Yes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I um, think, I think it's more of having a good navigator. Mm. The driver knows their job and knows what to do. But if you're like, where do I turn? And the other person's like, I don't know. You're like, but that's your one job. <laughs> yes, definitely. Be a good navigator. So for navigators, it's keep your eyes on the GPS. Right. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for people in the back, any tips? <laughs> Um, oh man yeah I don't know I <laughs> I might not be the best person because I'm kind of an anxious driver when I have people in my car oh. yeah but I I don't know like on that trip with my two other friends they were excellent passengers and they were never like oh my god look at this thing on my phone like while I was driving so it's definitely <laughs> appreciated <laughs> yeah they were they were good passengers nice so back to music as a final end <laughs> to this topic. I was like, whoa, where is she going with this? No. That sounded really dark. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want to add more things to my playlist. <laughs> yes. What kind of music do you listen to? What kind of music do you force upon the navigator at the back? That's the way to put it. Backseat passenger. Yeah, I I remember on um on the trip with my dad when we were in the same car together, I did kind of try to make him listen to some music that I thought that he would like to definitely mixed results. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I listen to a lot of like kind of indie acoustic bands. Like I'm very very cookie cutter in my music choices but like I know and just kind of accept that yeah but my dad likes I don't know we do have kind of similar tastes in terms of like we just like you know stringed music with good harmonies and so I like very carefully selected some bands I thought he would like and it just went completely unnoticed like every once in a while he would ask like who is this? And then I would tell him. And then like hours later or even the next day, that same song would come up and he'd be like, oh, who is this? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but that's okay. At least I knew that. Yeah, he definitely liked whatever that song was because he commented on it twice. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it stuck the second time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, I also have a dad related (laughs) tip, I guess. Like we always listen to the oldies growing up. Because everybody likes the oldies. Everybody likes Motown. And the three songs that I know that my dad really likes are because he sings them in the car, um, which would be Jeremiah Was a Bullfrog by (laughs) Joy to the World by Three Dog Night, House of the Rising Sun. I don't know who sings that one. And um, what is it? It's Can't Take My Eyes Off of You by Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. So... I think oldies are a pretty good choice, especially if you're traveling with dads. Yes. Yeah, some choices. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we also also listen to a lot of the Eagles, so I'm definitely... Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I tried to drop some Erica Badu in a road trip with my parents because I was sitting in the front seat and I was excited. Yeah. Um, I didn't... It, yeah. <laughs> Not so much. Nobody said anything, but I was like, all right, we're done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it took my dad... Years to finally accept that certain bands from the 80s and 90s were fine. And that's only because the classic radio station started putting them on. (laughs) So while growing up, he's like, 
Nirvana's a piece of crap. Your generation sucks. Now he's like, oh, they had some good songs. He's now evolved to they have some good songs because now they're on classic radio stations. <laughs> they, they eased him into it. Yes. Uh-huh. You can't true. just blast it out there. No. You, know? no. you have to prepare them for it, sneak it in. <laughs> good for the classic rock stations out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the heavy lifting. <laughs> But without your dad, is there a song that you specifically, like, go to that you're, like, blasting out and saying, this is my freedom cry Ooh, on the there, road? Yes, there definitely is. I don't know. Probably no one listening is going to know the song, but um, it's by Rilo Kylie, which is my favorite band. And this is one song called Pictures of Success that I, is, like, to me, a very transitional life moment song. So, yeah, I will oh. listen to that probably on repeat if left to my own devices in the car but yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) nice I don't think I really have one I know that once I was on a road trip and we saw we've like got Spotify and figured out how many versions of Route 66 there are you know get your kicks on Route 66 and we played (laughs) them all and once was really enough with that one (laughs) (laughs) That's all you need. Right? <laughs> well, now you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, any parting words before we go? Anything people should definitely keep in mind while road tripping? Mm. Don't drink a drive. Drive Don't. safe. Right? Pick your, pick your road trip partners carefully. Yes. Because you're stuck with them. <laughs> Unless you drop them off at a rest stop. And that's a pretty mean thing to do, especially if it's your dad. <laughs> it's pretty cold. <laughs> yeah, road trips are great. I definitely encourage them. If you've never been on one, put it on your bucket list. For sure. And, like, I noticed that most of ours take place in North America, which is, you know, that means we have lots of wonderful paved highways <laughs> and fossil fuels for your consumption. So, hey, come drive our roads. <laughs> come drive our roads. <laughs> this week's episode was also sponsored by Girl Squad Tours. Hey, ladies, have you always wanted to travel the world but couldn't find a travel buddy? Girl Squad Tours is an international travel company for women specializing in small, female-only group tours across the globe. They offer flexible payment plans, exciting itineraries, knowledgeable squad leaders, and so much more. Join them in April on a 10-day trip to London and Paris. Visit girlsquadtours.com to reserve your spot today and use code GSTWILLTRAVEL to receive $200 off any recurring payment plan option. Um, well, thanks, Meryl, for being here with Yay. us today. This was so much fun. Um, you can tweet at Meryl, with Meryl. <laughs> Follow Meryl on Twitter at Meryl Williams. Uh, also, you can find her at MerylWilliamsMedia.com to see all the cool stuff she does and, you know, listen to her podcast, The Sleeper Hit, because it is awesome. <laughs> and subscribe to her Tiny Letter, too, which I have to say is probably my favorite Tiny Letter so far. Yeah. It's always so full of really great writing tips and reads and things like that. So I strongly endorse it, not just because she's here <laughs> looking at me right now. <laughs> there will not be an addendum to this podcast no. being like, I really didn't mean it (laughs) jk besides that if you like us please subscribe to us on itunes and leave us a review or follow us on podbean stitcher and wherever podcasts are found we're also on facebook twitter and instagram at xx will travel and we have a newsletter which you can subscribe on our website if you have subscribed and you haven't received it yet make sure it hasn't been caught in your spam folder 
because, you know, inboxes like to do that. <laughs> and I think that's pretty much it. Go forth and travel. Mm -hmm.